Amen. You may take a seat. Can we thank the band for that? We love you so much. I always get super excited to see students like Angie and, and Elena lead the group and, and lead us in worship. So thank you for that. You inspire me. I would have never done that as a student. I'd be super scared. So man, proud of you. If, 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 if those of you, which I know a lot of you have talents, play music, play music or sing, we want you up here. We think that you should also use your gifts and talents to serve the Lord. But that's for another uh, discussion. First and foremost, before anything, I want to publicly apologize to my wife because I did not say hi when you got here. And I, wanted, I want you to know that I was running around, but I want them to get an example of what it looks like to say, I'm sorry, and I love you so much, and hi, you look beautiful today. Okay? So I love you before anything. All right, just want to make sure I said hi my wife, okay? Because I don't want her to leave me. Um, she, she will never leave me. We're, in the, uh, we're back on the series of the I Ams, the I Ams of Jesus, and it's been a really cool series. Last week, we did switch it up. We talked about taboo topics. If you were in here for that, you missed out. I thought we had some really good conversations, some really good topics, but now we're back on the I Ams of Jesus. So if you have your Bibles or your apps, go ahead and go to John chapter 10. We'll be starting in verses 14, and I don't have a lot of time here, so I'm going to go right through it, okay? Before anything, though, um, again, we're in the I Ams of Jesus, and we want to make sure that we understand the importance of the I Ams. Remember, that statement, I Am, was very powerful to the Jewish culture, very powerful for those people because it signified who God was. You weren't allowed to say that word because only God can say the word, I Am, who I Am. And so Jesus is coming now and using these terms of I am. We've been talking about how he's the light. He says, I am the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door. And there's a lot of heaviness that comes with that. Okay, so as we're continuing the series, remember how heavy those words are when he says, I am whatever the statement is that we're going to go over that particular day. Okay, remember that. Um, but quick question before we get into the passage. Does anybody have pets here? Anybody? Yeah, I have a pet. His name is Cusco. I actually have some photos up here of him. Love him to death. If they load, hopefully they work. Let me know. Are they not working? Like, like none of them? Oh, just the video's working? Show the video. Go for it. Oh, wait, what? That's not him. Uh, okay, so none of them are working. Go ahead, put the video. That's okay. Um, oh, there you go. That's him. That's Cusco. He's a... Uh, that's what I live with. That's, that's, that's all he's good for right there. And he just sneezed. Yeah. So that's my dog, Cusco. I love him so much. Don't get me wrong. He's half beagle, half bulldog. Um, but let me tell you something. He is a lot of work. Uh, my wife loves him more than I do, for sure. He, she even made him an Instagram account. So you can go follow him at Cusco Courage Garza or something like that. And the thing is, though, is nobody sees us picking up his poop, cleaning up his pee, uh, when he doesn't want to go into his crate, when he hides under the bed and like we can't reach him. So we have to like tempt him with like snacks so he can come out and go to bed. Like a dog takes a lot of work. Okay. So if you have pets, you understand that it takes a lot of work to take care of a pet. It takes a lot of work to take care of a pet. Um, and for me, again, I love him. I think he's the best, but I would never like die for him. Okay, I would never give my life for my dog. And I know that sounds cruel. I know that sounds insane. But if I'm just being honest, I wouldn't do that. 
right? And I don't know if anybody in this room would say, I would totally die so that my dog would live a prosperous life. No, I wouldn't. I have too many responsibilities. I want to have kids in the future. I want to live for my kids. I want to live for my wife. I want to live just plain out and simple. And I think that it's interesting to note that I think for the most part, a lot of us would say, yeah, we would never die for an animal. Like we would never die for something like that. We would never die for a pig or for a goat or for like a zebra. Like we, we, we wouldn't do that. We, in fact, we kill them to eat them, right? Like we'll, we'll kill cows and goats and half fajita and burgers and all that good stuff, right? But, so we will never die for them. But what we're going to talk about tonight is interesting because we're going to talk about how Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, right? And everything that I do to take care of Cusco, feed him, protect him, make sure he's clean, make sure he's safe, make sure he's not running out away and going into dangerous areas is exactly what Jesus does for us as a shepherd. You see, that's what a shepherd does. Okay. He takes care of the sheep. He takes care of them by leading them to pastures where they're going to eat, keeping them inside the pen so that no wolves can come and attack them and hurt them. He also like continues to make sure that uh, other sheep that are lost are, are placed into that pen. And so a shepherd does a lot of hard work and really it's, it's kind of like one of those jobs that I would never want, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, I'm not an outside doors guy. I'm an inside person, okay? I don't, I don't go in, you know, in the yard at all, really, because it's hot. It's Texas, okay? But, but we're going to see how exactly Jesus, being the good shepherd, is willing to do so much for his sheep. And I'm, my prayer is that by the end of tonight that we would recognize Jesus as a good shepherd and what that means for our life, surrendering to him as the good shepherd. We'll start in John chapter 10, verse 14. It says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. And then there will be one flock, one shepherd. That is why the father loves me because I laid down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. So there are four things that I want us to walk away with tonight. I'm gonna go through them very quickly. Number one, Jesus, as the good shepherd, Jesus lays down his life for you. Jesus lays down his life for you. His life was never taken, but he actually laid it down. Verse 17 through 18 says, this is why the father loves me, because I laid down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it up for me. I do it on my own. Jesus believes that you are worth laying down his life for. And again, we're being compared to sheep. We're being compared to animals. Because essentially, that's the example that would make sense for them in, in, in those times. Again, sheep were, were just viewed as like, oh, you know, that's sheep. But Jesus is saying, no, I would lay down my life. I, I would gladly lay down my life for my sheep because they're worth it. You are worth laying down his life for. Jesus believes that you're worth dying for. Laying down his life means dying for you. He doesn't have to do it. In reality, he shouldn't do it. If we're being honest with ourselves, like the Cusco thing, why would he do that? It doesn't make any sense. 
right? He doesn't need us. He doesn't, uh, should be around us because he's perfect. He doesn't need to be around broken people who are always going to mess things up. You can look at the world today and see how people mess everything up. You can start within the home. You can go to your schools. You can turn, and every time there's someone there, there's people that mess things up. And we're a part of that because we're broken, right? Because of sin, right? He doesn't have to do it. But there's a song called Scandal of Grace, and you may have heard it before. And so you're asking yourself, well, what is a scandal, right? Well, it's something that's outrageous, something that's bold, unusual, and startling. Like, it doesn't make sense, right? That Jesus would lay down his life, that he would die for you. But here's the thing. The motive is love, The motive of him laying down his life is not that you're perfect. It's not uh, that you're going to add to his life. It's not that you're going to make the world better, but it's that he loves you. And he says, no, 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 I'm going to lay down for my sheep because they're worth dying for. But how does he lay down his life? By becoming a sheep by becoming the perfect lamb. It's a full circle, okay? Not only is he the bread of life, the light of the world, the door, the good shepherd, but he's also the perfect lamb that was slain. He's everything that good is encompassed into him, into Jesus. Everything that's good is encompassed into the person of Jesus. And I know that language may sound weird. What do you mean lamb that was slain and things like that? Again, this is imagery of a sacrifice that's coming from love, A sacrifice that was needed so that we could be one again with the Father. It took a perfect sacrifice. Because again, in Jewish culture, they would sacrifice things so that their sins would be forgiven. So they would have a relationship with the Father. But Jesus is saying, no, I'm the perfect and final sacrifice. You will never have to sacrifice anything again because I am going to lay down my life for you. The second thing is that Jesus unites his sheep. Verse 16 says, but I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen and I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice and then there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus did not lay down his life for one person. He did not lay down his life just for you. He laid down his life for the flock. He laid down his life so that others who are his sheep that hear his voice Not only will they hear his voice, but he will go and find them and unite them with the other sheep. Why? So that we would be one. There's millions of sheep in this world. It's not just Calvary. There's so many other sheep that are looking to continue to unite. And one day, one glorious day, we will all be united in heaven, rejoicing and glorifying God. Not only is it one flock, but there's one shepherd which means there's one church and one head of the church, and that is Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 15 says this, there will no longer be, then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching but, or by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit, but speaking truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. Christ is the head of the church. There's one flock and there's one shepherd, and that's Christ. Number three, Jesus gives eternal life. Jesus laying down his life for his sheep means that now we have eternal life. But what does that even mean when you think of the word eternal life or that phrase eternal life? What it means is this, that as of right now, 
you who have surrendered your life to Jesus now have something to look forward to that's more than just your physical life on this earth. Because one day, we'll be alive forever. It's not just 75, 80 years old on earth. But after that, for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever, we will have life. But a specific type of life that is perfect. A life that will be of no tears, no pain, no more anxiety, no more depression, no more hunger, no more thirst. It will be perfect and we will be just like this, rejoicing and singing to God forever and ever with other brothers and sisters doing life together forever and ever. This is what he gives to his sheep. Not only is he laying down his life and saying, you will have uh, a freedom and you will be freed from your sin, freed from your enslavement, but guess what? I'm gonna bless you even more and I'm gonna give you eternal life in abundance with the Father. There's so much more to this life on this earth than just, you know, making it through every day, but there's something way better that's coming up ahead. And lastly, Jesus holds you forever. John chapter 10, verse 29 says this, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out out of the Father's hand. My father has given them to me and he is greater. God is so much stronger than the enemy. God is so much stronger than the things that want to pull you away from him. And he's saying that no one, no matter what you go through in this world, nobody's going to take away the value the Imago Dei, which is the image bearer of who you are in God. No one's going to take that away. No one has the strength or the power to do so. Why? Because you are in his hand, the greatest hand that you could ever be. Um, I have a photo. I'm not sure if it's going to work, David. It's, it's the one of, of the little kid. So this is what, probably one of my favorite photos of all time. I just uploaded it right now because it came to my mind. That's my dad, okay? And that's me. <laughs> that's me. Um, I know I was a chunky baby. But as I was reading this, literally just like 10 minutes ago, this photo just jumped to my mind. Do I look scared? Do I look terrified? No. I'm actually laughing. <laughs> right? Eh, you ever like... Uh, get on a ledge and be like, ooh, I'm going to fall. But you really don't, you're not scared that you're going to fall because you're so confident that, that whatever you're standing on is going to hold you. When I look at this image, I see my dad holding me with one hand and the confidence of a child to live a life in freedom, to live a life in joy, to live a life in just, man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to have a good time in, in the hands of my father right now. And for a lot of you right now, and you need, you need someone to hold you. You need someone that you can run to that promises to never let you fall. That promises will never um, let you uh, go through life alone. 
And the thing about this is that I didn't get up there on my own. I didn't just climb on my dad's body and like held his hand out and like, okay, dad, do this. No, my dad did it. He did everything. I'm a little baby. I can't even walk. But this, I think, that image was the image that I, that came to mind as I thought about how our God loves us enough to promise to hold us in his hand and that no one would snatch us. This trust that we can have knowing that he is a good shepherd, knowing that he will guide us, give us discernment, that he will love us, he will protect us, he will uh, shoo away the wolves, he will destroy anyone that tries to come near his child because of love. He will lay down his life. He will give you eternal life. He will hold you always. No one will ever take you out of his hand. And for some of you, you have no idea what that feels like, what that looks like. And it's as simple as surrendering and saying, Jesus, I need you so desperately right now. And so we're going to pray. And if any one of you needs to experience the grace and the love that Jesus has for you, and maybe you have no idea how to do that, we have leaders here that want to help you. We have leaders here that want to guide you into what it looks like to surrender your life to the one who already gave his life for you. And so let me pray for us. And we'll close. Father, we just come before you asking that you would convict us through your Holy Spirit to repent and to turn away from the things that are keeping us from you and that we would run to you that as we hear your voice, we would remember that you are the good shepherd, that you have laid down your life for us so that we would be freed from every uh, enslavement that we have, whether it's addiction to social media, pornography, addiction to drugs, alcohol, addiction to uh, depression, anxiety, addicted to uh, comparison, addicted to anything and everything that distracts us from you. We just give that to you right now, Jesus. And if there's a person in this room that needs to surrender their lives to you, that they would do that in this moment, that they would talk to their leader and they would say, I want the good shepherd. But more than that, that they would recognize that I need the good shepherd, because we all need you, Jesus. Myself included, along with the leaders and every single person in this world needs to remember that we are nothing without you and we are everything with you, that we have everything with you. Help us, Lord. Reveal yourself right now. It's in your name we pray, and we all said, amen.